I knew my audience, right? I'm 21. At that time, I was 20. And all the people, the moderators and all the people that usually attend that call are all well into their 50s, 60s. Some may be a little older, right? Successful realtors selling a lot of houses but didn't grow up with social media. So in right. their head, I had this almost intrinsic credibility almost where because I grew up in this, in you know, I'm Gen Z. So because I'm Gen Z, I'm instantly a social media expert in their minds. And I didn't fake as if I was. That's why the class that I taught was an intro level class because I wasn't a ninja marketer at all myself. And they all loved it. And I was like, okay. And for me, I knew that I was going to be seeing them because I strategically planned that class a Friday before our Keller Williams conference that we had called Family Reunion, which is one of the biggest, if not the biggest real estate conference in the world. And so I knew I was going to see all those people in person. So I was like, okay, I'll plan it the week before because then I can go in person and then I can see them and they'll love me. But then I took it one step further. So as you can see by my headshot, I have a full head of hair, a full head of curly hair. Martians landed, yes. wearing Prada suits, yes. drinking Henry Seltzer, yes. chewing juicy fruit. Yes, and your branding here. Yes, brand. Your message here. Yes, and a verse about. Yes, your product here. Yes, I'm Hirsch Redman. Yes, and I'm a message therapist. Yes, and I have a podcast. Yes, brand. That's right. That's it. Yes, we'll help you fix the world. Yes, or your bottom line. All right. Your bottom line. Get it. I get it. Welcome, Welcome to the Yes Brand Podcast. I'm here today with John Mendez. John is a young and hardworking entrepreneur, and he's got an amazing set of follicles on his head. He has amazing hair, although he's wearing a hat today. I don't know. We may have to like loosen things up. <laughs> and he's trying to make an impact on youth as well. So he's youth giving back to youth. And he'll tell you more. But John, welcome to Yes Brand. Hirsch, thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. And I'm looking forward to see where this conversation takes us. My pleasure. Me too. And let's start with, I'll ask you to give me your one floor elevator pitch. Beyond Mm -hmm. what I said about you. But like, what's your brand and what are you trying to accomplish? Yeah, so my name is John Mendez. I'm the host of the Walk to Wealth podcast, where I enlighten and empower young adults to build wealthy, abundant lives. Now, what made you decide to do this? And how old are you, by the way? 21. 21 years young. One. <laughs> okay, so yeah. you're older than some of my kids, younger than other of my kids. But tell me, okay, so you're 21. How long have you been doing Walk to Wealth podcasts? Yeah, so I started December of 2021 20, is when I dropped the trailer. But the idea to start a podcast was around that summer of 2021. The idea to start it came about. You were born like five minutes before the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. Right. So what was going on in your world, you know, in 2020 and, you know, March of 2020? Yes. And let me give you a little bit of context. So leading up to it, I wasn't a born entrepreneur. I wasn't selling paper routes. You know, I didn't have the lemonade stand. I wasn't selling candy bars at school trying to get some money. For me, I was always great at school. So going, leading up to high school, right before I got out, I got accepted into 13 schools. Ended up going to UConn, and the only reason I got to co- I went to college was to learn how to network and live my own. Right? I knew that there was opportunities out there, and so going to college first year, I loved it. Had a three seventy eight. I was in honor society, and everything was going great on campus. And then I still remember like it was yesterday. It was me and four of my other friends. These were like my college buddies. And we always got together and did like little you know friend meetups. 
And the night before spring break, before we went off, two of us, we all made a bet. Two of us, me being one of them, were like, oh, we'll be back in a week. No worries. Because this is when the news first broke out of it. And then the other three were like, no, John, this is serious. Like this, we're not coming back this semester. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then little behold, like they were actually right. And boom, the next week after that pandemic took over the world. So instantly the fir- the main two reasons for me going to college were just thrown out the window, right? Yeah. I couldn't learn how to live my own because I'm taking classes from my bedroom. And I couldn't learn how to network because literally everybody, it's a 300 person Zoom room with everyone with their cameras off. Except for the professor. So both my reasons for going to college were going out. Fast forward a little bit. It was my sophomore year and I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it was that fall semester. And from there, you know, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Then I read this book called Index Fund for Dummies. And then I read this other book called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. And I just got into the rabbit hole. So once that fall semester finished, that winter break, I just went ham on YouTube videos and podcasts and books. And I was just consuming information in like, and I used to put my videos on double speed. So I used to just eat up information. And I came back to that spring semester of early 2021. And it's like, I seen the light and I couldn't unsee anymore. There's another way of viewing the world out there that wasn't being taught at school. And since my two reasons for going to school in the first place were already out the window, you know, it was that, I think that February of 2021. And it was just like, you know what? I mean, I'm willing to bet on myself. So I signed up for Real Estate University, which is a, a course here in Connecticut, and tried to get my real estate license and stopped showing up to my college classes and never blo- looked back. And that's how I got into the world of entrepreneurship. Do you think, by the way, that it, short of the pandemic and the uprooting and everything that it did to your plans that you would have become an entrepreneur anyway? I knew I never wanted to do like, like traditional corporate. Right. I had a feeling, right? It was always kind of in me. But I don't know, man. I can't say that I would have jumped into entrepreneurship the way I did. I honestly couldn't tell. It wasn't something that was naturally in me. I wasn't someone that was focused on, you know, how do I make a buck, right? It was never really in me. I had jobs, of course, growing up. In high school, not really because I played, you know, I was a multiple sport athlete. So that was, you know, enough time being consumed already. Once I got to college, I started working. I did caddy on the side and things like that. But I was never really thinking about how can I make money. I had a lot of traits to be a successful entrepreneur that I didn't realize were transferable until I got into entrepreneurship. The only thing that really switched was my mindset was now geared towards how do I make a buck, right? At least at first. And for me, the with college, the, the paradigm shift was really the thing, talking about personal finance, you know, what's an asset, what's a liability and things like that. And I'm taking general education courses. I'm doing well, of course, but anyone that goes to college knows those first two years are pretty much you just got to do what you got to do to get by <laughs> until you actually take classes that matter and are in your major. Right. And so I'm taking these gen eds and I say aside from maybe philosophy and microeconomics, like those are the only two classes that probably had any value to me, that I, which are only two classes out of like the 10 that I took or whatever. And for me, reading the Rich Dad Poor Dad and I started reading these other books and index funds, you know, how to invest in them, how to build your personal credit different bank accounts to use, things like that, where none of that stuff was being taught at all. And I was like, you know, how to actually start and grow, like run a business, how to get into real estate, you know, things like that were not being spoken on at all. And in college, for the most part, all the other students, they are all lost. So it's not like I can ask any of them. It's like, you know, <laughs> there's no point of staying here. I'm spending money to sit in my own house and lay on my bed and has log into Zoom. And I'm paying money for that. I'm not even learning anything at that point. I was just like, screw it, man. I'm going to just bet on myself. 
So did you discuss this with your family? Like, how did it play out? Did you just do just do it? Like, how did it play yeah. dynamic? Yeah, so, like, for me, I kind of had the idea of dropping out that fall semester. But I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to stick with it, see how it plays out. And so a little bit of context. I grew up in a, in a Dominican household. My grandparents raised me. I lived with them. And they're typical Dominican immigrants. And not even just because they're Dominican. I feel like with a lot of immigrants, they hold graduating college like that's like in their mind yeah. the pinnacle of american success and so once i dropped out i kind of told them and they were in complete disapproval they're like oh what are you going to do now you know you have to go back to school you already started you have to f- have to finish and they weren't supportive at all honestly with my idea but i'm a, also a type of person where as long as i have myself i'm okay so i knew that what i went into college for so I knew based on the criteria set going in, I made the right decision because I wasn't getting what I originally came in for. There was no point in staying. Also, I used my you know, my student loans to invest in index funds. So it's like I kind of played the system a little bit where it's like <laughs> now I'm getting a return on the money that was given to me. That was supposed to be spent on school. It was supposed to be spent on room and board. So now it's like I have probably more the, from the growth in the index funds. Let's say they were supposed to, you know, call in and say all student loans I need to be paid off right this second. I could just sell my index funds and have some extra money left over to pay off the loans. I stopped showing up to all my classes after that. I didn't even take condos that semester. I was already, yeah, I was already long gone mentally. I checked out, and yeah. so around that time too, when I was starting my real estate classes, I picked up a job at K Jewelers. And so while I'm taking my classes for real estate, I'm also at K Jewelers, and that's my first introduction to sales. Now, it's, it's retail sales, so it's not like full-on commission sales or like real estate or insurance and things like that, but it was sales nevertheless. And I'm helping people get engagement rings and the smile on their faces, the emotion, the joy when I helped them buy these rings and these gifts for their people. It was so fulfilling. And I was already interested in real estate and in the process of getting my license. I wanted to get into real estate investing, but I was like, you know what? I might as well just become an agent. You know, I like helping people. I'm pretty decent at helping people. And if I can help someone in engagement ring, imagine a house. Like imagine how happy and it's a lot more money. And then I can use that money to get back into real estate investing, which is what I really wanted to do. And so for me, it was kind of like a win-win. So I started working close to like around 70 hours leading up to my 20th birthday on top of studying for my real estate exam. And then two weeks after I turned 20, I got, I finally got my license. Around that time period as well is when I got the idea to start a podcast, but that didn't come in until around December was when Walk to Wealth finally came together. And those first two or three months in real estate, I was still working close to 60 hours. So I I still remember I would be at K Jewelers and I would bring my iPad from home because we had iPads for the store. And I would bring my iPad from home and I would put it in front of the iPad from the store. So it looked like I'm on a store iPad. But in reality, I was watching real estate training from my office. <laughs> I was trying to, you it know, makes a high you sound, makes you sound like some kind of villain, but it's kind <laughs> of fun. You know, yeah, yeah. I got in a lot of hot water. I was subbing my own iPad for the official jewelry store iPad. And I was just, during all the time I was supposed to be working, I was just <laughs> looking at my real estate shit. I was just doing my real yeah. estate shit. But, but they kind of knew. They had a feeling. Because I would tell them, too, that I, I wanted to get into real estate. It wasn't like I was, it was a secret that I was getting yeah. into it. But I was also very slick. So I would hide. <laughs> I would hide to make sure I wouldn't get caught. I got caught, like, maybe <laughs> once or twice. But, like, I would make sure I couldn't get caught. And But I'm still taking notes and absorbing that information. And then, for me, somewhere along the way, my end, end goal was really to get into public speaking. And okay. somewhere along the way, or that January 2020, is when... I got my opportunity to get into marketing. 
And so I knew I wanted to do social media to grow my real estate business because social media, that's the wave of the now, right? That's been a thing for a while, but it's really last year and late of 2021 is when it really took over like the whole marketing scene. And for me, I knew I wanted to use it. So I made, I'm in this mastermind call. It's normally at 6.30 a.m. I'm in the gym at that time. And they're talking about social media marketing. And I didn't know much about the time. I just know from using socially, right? From growing up yeah. in high school and using it. And I just, I knew I couldn't talk because I was in a gym. So I went in a Facebook group and I, I just typed in a couple quick tips. And they were super simple tips, at least to me. They were right. super simple tips. And then one of the hosts of the call, the mastermind call, asked me to teach a class. And instead of saying, yeah, of course, I was like, I never taught a class before and almost fumbled an opportunity. Fortunately yeah. for me, she said, John, tell us when you want it scheduled. And after that, I couldn't say no twice. So I, I probably spent more time prepping and learning how to use MailChimp and send out invites than I actually did preparing for the class. But I managed to finally put a class together and that had over 440 people sign up for it from realtors across the country. And I pretty much taught them like intro level social media tips. And were, everyone were loves tips? it. John, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. What were the tips? Those Do you remember those first two tips? Yeah, so the the whole that I saw, I think, oh my goodness. The Facebook post, I, I probably could find it if I, it gave me a couple seconds to put it up, but it was five quick, simple tips. And I mean, it was like a sentence each. What I didn't, I really didn't get in depth. I didn't mention like any ninja tactics or anything yeah. like that. It was super simple, I swear. And they asked me to teach a class. And I knew my audience, right? I'm So I'm 21. At that time, I was 20. And all the people, the moderators and all the people that usually attend that call are all one into their 50s, 60s. Some may be a little older, right? Successful realtors selling a lot of houses, but didn't grow up with social media. So in their head, I had this almost this intrinsic credibility almost where because I grew up in this, in you know, I'm Gen Z. So because I'm Gen Z, I'm instantly a social media expert in their minds. Um, and I didn't fake as if I was. That's why the class that I taught was an intro level class. Because I wasn't a ninja marketer at all myself. And right. so I pretty much taught them literally the basics, like what these buttons do, how to record, how to record with no hands, like, you know, how to put a words on the screen. And I talked about like, you know, difference between Instagram reels and TikTok and YouTube shorts and things like that and long form video. And I would just touch, they brushed the surface of a bunch of different classes and they all loved it. And I was like, okay. And for me, I knew that I was going to be seeing them because I strategically planned that class a Friday before our, our Keller Williams conference that we had called Family Reunion, which is one of the biggest, if not the biggest real estate conference in the world. And so I knew I was going to see it to all those people in person. So I was like, okay, I'll plan it the week before because then I can go in person and then I can see them and they'll love me. But then I took it one step further. So as you can see by my headshot, I have a, 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 a full head of hair, a right. full head of curly hair. So what I did was I created a shirt that said, stop and stare, just don't touch the hair. And I had my hair out curly. And the day of the conference, one of the days that I went, it was a Sunday, they had a networking event for people specifically in that mastermind. So I aligned all the stars together. Yeah. And like for that day, I was like a literal, almost like a celebrity almost. Yeah. Well, you, you, first of all, you have a natural flair for these ideas presentation you know i asked you what those tips were really doesn't matter because the fact is however you package them even in that moment with you being in the gym and half paying attention and having being in the thing even that you obviously it came through 
and yeah. you know, and you were on also. You know, do you think that it had something to do with the decision you had made to, you know, you were le- you you left college, yeah. you know, you made this decision. Do you think that fired you up in that direction where you were just hitting on all cylinders? Yeah, it did. And but too much for my own good, because then, you know, the social media thing that led to by that time, by the time I got asked to teach the class, it's also when my first couple episodes have dropped from a podcast. So then I was doing real estate. I was doing that. I had left K Jewelers already. So I, I was at my other job and I was balancing those two. And then I ended up teaching another social media class on TikTok. Um, and I was doing, you know, social mar- social media marketing, almost classes. And then also I had tried to grow my real estate business and I'm a, I was a solo agent. I didn't join a team and I'm also have the podcast and I'm wearing all the hats there. And so I thought, you know, because I'm an idea guide, being creative is really a dangerous, dangerous double-edged sword that a lot, I fell victim to a shiny object syndrome pretty much ruled my entire 2022. And it wasn't until probably around late November, early December, where I realized, like, you know, I had to check my ego and say, you know, I I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. I can't do all these things at the same time. I have to pick one. Am I going to give up these things forever? Of course not. I'll find a way to get back into it. But for the time being, you know, I just got to I just got to stick to one and double down. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's one of the problems is when you're a real go getter, you could do all kinds of things. Yeah. You, know, you could say yes to everything and probably do it reasonably well. Yeah. And, but then are you getting somewhere faster because you never know where what's going to kick open that door for you or are yeah. you not getting anywhere because you're spreading yourself like widthwise instead of instead of going going mm-hmm. forward so you're trying to see what your what your bandwidth is. So yeah. when you were you were helping people who were you know when you were doing that the the uh giving advice to the to the real estate people yeah. the established people they were much older mm-hmm. and at some point did you decide you wanted to focus on people who were just behind you who were coming up behind you yeah how did so, you break down your audiences and your audience yeah so for the social media i knew the audience of the people in that mastermind call i knew them to right. very you know very very well so it was easily you know niching out that wasn't my target audience though. So I had like my own target audience for like the social media stuff, which were older realtors. And then I had the, the target audience for the podcast was always young people. It was always young adults. Right. And then for real estate, I was kind of like, I wanted to help, you know, first time home buyers, but then I also live in a higher priced home where the average is about close to 800,000. So most first time home buyers aren't buying anything nowhere near that. So right. it's like, and then most people in the demographic, of people that want to help with the podcast aren't even buying homes to begin with. So it's like, I had this weird thing where I had all these different avatars that I was trying to play to. And that's another reason why I was spread so thin. I I couldn't really focus. But in reality, the reason why it led me to doing the podcast is because I started getting clarity to the idea of helping young people. That was always the plan to help people that were two steps behind me. And I feel like everyone should have a mentor and should also be a mentor to someone else. And for me, I knew how hard it was to learn all that stuff about personal finance and building my credit and, you know, get into real estate and all these different things. And if I could help just one other person that was kind of in my shoes that knew they didn't want to take the traditional route and work until their 60s and hopefully have enough saves to retire, like that's what really fulfilled me and got me going. 
So around September, I read a book called The Purpose Factor, and it really opened my eyes to, you know, is real estate really what I wanted to do? Because my ego, I'm very competitive as well. So yeah. it's like, I had already stepped foot in this space, and I wanted to be a top producer, and I didn't realize that the goals I had set weren't goals that I had set because it's for me. It's goals that I had set to feed the ego, to feed the competitor in me. It wasn't because it wasn't actually in alignment with what I truly wanted to do, which was help other people my age or, you know, a little bit younger than me in, in similar shoes. So around, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead. I'm going to say, so around that time I read that book and that's when I tried to turn my social media classes into an actual agency to make that a business. Because I was just doing the classes on the side and just having people, I had tons of people sign up. I've been able to teach you know, I've, a lot of realtors from all over the place. And I was like, you know, what if I turn into a business? I already got a group of people that think I'm, you know, I'm, that look up to me for advice and want to hear my advice. I could just turn that to a business. And so I was going to offer content creation services. Then my first client, I was creating the content for him. And it's like, I already got to create all the content for myself. I don't want to do this for other people either. <laughs> right? It's very so, time intensive. Very to scale, you know. And tedious. And yeah. even with arbitraging, see, the problem with arbitraging, you can hire it out to somebody, but it's always going to be attached to your name somehow. So that that even though you arbitrage your time, you'll never be ar- able to arbitrage that little bit of stress that goes with it. Right. And so for me, I was like, man, this is not what I want to do either. And that's when to make the story come back full cer- circle. Around December, I found out about this topic called this concept called Ikigai. And it's a Japanese concept that stands for your reason for being. And for anyone that doesn't know, it's pretty much the intersection of what you love to do, what the world needs, what you can be rewarded for, and what you're good at. And throughout the time of me being distracted with real estate and the social media stuff, I still drop episodes weekly. And I was like, you know what? What would it look like if... I went all in and made this my sole focus and nothing else for 2023. And so around that December time period, December ended up being my best month for my show. And, you know, now this year, my I told my girlfriend this, like, your only job this year is to make sure I don't get distracted. That's it. I just make sure I just stay on track. I'm only doing the podcast and that is it. There might be tons of amazing opportunities, but they're not the opportunities for me. I was spread thin for all of 2022 and I refuse to let this year be another repeat of what I did last year. That's a great resolution. Yeah. It's a great resolution because it's not something that you're going to start per se. It's something that you're going to shift in terms of your focus yeah. and just not scatter yourself, you know? And that's hard. That's easier said than done. But that's hard because you want to get forward. I was going to say that um, I think it's really admirable that you recognize that notion of helping the people who are a couple steps behind you because a lot of times when you're a good student, a good employee, a diligent person, you could have your eye on the prize and constantly propel yourself forward thinking, look, it's a doggy dog world. It's tough out there. If I stop for a second, I'm going to lose ground and I, I don't want to lose ground and I'm not going to push other people out of the way, but I, you know, I'm, I'm 20. <laughs> so yeah. to be a mentor at 20, I don't know that I, you know, I could do that in 10 years. I could do it at 30. I'd still be a young mentor. But to say my audience is the people that are behind me that maybe they didn't even have as easy a time or maybe they struggled with the things that I had to learn all this stuff, you know? So it's very admirable, John, to, yeah, to have the people, you know, in your rear view mirror be the people that you care about. And when you get to be, you know, in your 50s, let's say, what what I found happens in your 50s is 
you don't necessarily have less energy and you don't necessarily less ambitious, but you are less competitive in the I want what he has or she has thing or I have to do this by this time. Mm -hmm. I have to get this by this, that this by this thing yeah, kind of goes away and you're left with what is the meaning of this and what is the meaning of this? And then yeah. it's like, I want to do this, but I want to do that. But I have to have meaning in all of it or it doesn't add up. And yeah. and you're already on that track. And that's a good place to be because it's hard to be disappointed that way. Yeah. You know? And it's checking my ego is really the biggest thing because I could sell one house. And as I said, 800000 and 3% commission before taxes and splits. I'm making close to like 22000 right there selling one house. So it's like saying no to that, but knowing that I'm playing a chess game now. And for me, you know, if I'm a top realtor in this area, I sell 30 houses. Average family size is about five people. I'm helping 150 people a year. But let's say I grow my podcast and I become a top podcaster. I could help 150,000 people a year. And it goes back to this. You know, I heard this from a speech. It's, Don't focus on passive income. Focus on passive impact. If you could help people's lives while you sleep, you'll make more money than you know what to do with. And so, like, for me, it's like I'm very young. I don't, I'm not in a rush to make a million dollars. But if I could set something up where it's going to fulfill me in the long term, I might as well run with it now and go all into that because that's going to, you know, lead to a more fulfilled life and the money isn't going to pay for a lost time. So I might as well put my time into this now because it's fulfilling me now. Do you think that your generation in general is it thinks more like that? No. I don't no. think anybody in any generation thinks like that. <laughs> Honestly, and, and I think that because, well, for my generation, they're enslaved to their phone. So, you know, God knows what they think. And and but generations prior, you know, it was a lot more common to be an employee and work until your seventies and get that pension, and that was the way of life, you know. So it's something that the entrepreneurial way of life. I feel like everyone should be an entrepreneur, and then people probably say, "Oh, but someone has to be the employee." But it's not the fact of starting up your own practice or your own business. It's just the entrepreneurial way of life, you know, self improvement, masterminding, coaching, just constantly bettering yourself and sharpening your sword. It's like that entrepreneur way of life. I feel like it's something that everyone should adopt. It's something that most people don't, though. I agree. I agree. And I came to it very late because I always I always saw myself as like a hired gun. I was independent. I didn't want to be a cog in a machine, but I always felt like, you know, it's not it's not my thing. I, yeah. I'm helping this or I'm helping that. I don't need to be a, you know, a, a, an entrepreneur. I just didn't think of it that way. Even yeah. if I own my own agency, I was like, Okay, I own the agency, but I'll get someone else to run it. I'll get, you know, it always was someone else that was going to be the business person. And, you know, I have been awakened, I think, over the last couple of years to a whole world of, you know, yeah, there's a culture to entrepreneurship that is very healthy for the human condition. Yeah. So I think that's what you're kind of getting at when you say, you know, everybody should adopt some of these principles but i think a lot of us hear entrepreneur and they think two things they think either risk <laughs> or they think or they they think risk and failure or they think ego yeah you know and and they don't really think community they don't think which which is at least from my experience now very very central yeah to the the notion of being an entrepreneur and because that's the funny thing too, it's not being alone. 
Yeah. It's not being in a vacuum and being and not ever talking to anybody and going and building this thing. It's networking. Yeah. It's helping other people, raising other ships, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, it's interesting. So tell me more about your, what you're observing in your generation. Because I think yeah. seeing what people are doing at 2021, especially in the wake of a pandemic. So, you know, all bets are off and what, like, what are some observations that you've made? Yeah, I, I feel like personally speaking, like just from what I view, I grew up in the project and the people around me in the environment I grew up. And just from what I've seen, it's there's it doesn't look like there's much hope. And I say that and I don't want to speak bad on my generation, but with the start of the pandemic and everything and social media being everywhere, it's like so many people are just so caught up in being and not to get into politics or anything for it just so caught up in this victim mindset from people in the areas that I grew around. It's just from personal experience from people that I grew up with and that victim mentality. And, you know, the, and I was going to add one more thing to the entrepreneur sure. perspective is evil one percenters, right? It's, there's so much, <laughs> you know, and at least where I've grown up in this environment, it, there's so much negativity around the thought of you not know, owning a business, being successful and may have making money and things like that. So, of course, there's people, there's rough diamonds in the rough everywhere, no matter which generation. I feel like we're becoming a lot more, for my generation, we're becoming a lot more closed-minded, a lot more either my way or the highway. I'm right. You know, I can't have an open discussion with someone I disagree with, things like that. If I see something on TikTok, that is a factual statement. There's no research done behind it. It's I've seen this video on TikTok. That is the way of life. That is the reality, you know, yeah. things like that a lot of time being wasted and i feel like your 20s everyone they're trying to make it seem as if it's okay to just waste your 20s you're trying to find yourself and it's like there's no time that you'll be able to ever get back so it's like the sooner you get you know get in the horse and pick it up you could still obviously you know obviously have fun but you know if you, i let's say for me right now money's tight things are tight i've been locked in i haven't been having the fun in the traditional sense but then you have to ask yourself what do you define fun as is it going out hanging out at the bar and you just losing yourself or is fun going to networking conferences going to all these different events again you know speaking to all these different people finding your tribe growing a business now so that when you're 20 30 you know in your 30s 40s 50s you have you know you're autonomous you don't have to ask someone for a two-week vacation or two like things like that and so I think also, though, there's a lot of a big chunk of people my age that have found entrepreneurship and are now, because it's so much more easily accessible, are running with it, right? Mm -hmm. So there's, there's always two sides to the coin. But the people who are starting to run with it and not make excuses for whatever we're going through or whatever they probably experienced in the past, like, these people are extremely brilliant. Like, all this stuff with, there's people now, like, 13, I got on a call the other day with like a 17 year old and he's been in copywriting since he was 13 and i thought i got into this pretty early but he's yeah you know he was at 13 writing copy and things like that and it's just there's people out there even younger than me that are like super go-getters i have a friend a year younger than me he has a six-figure business and he does like chess coaching and he's currently still in college part-time he actually goes to the college that i went to so it's like there's the people that took the opportunity because we're in the in an age where information has never been more accessible. Sure. And we're currently in the greatest transfer of wealth in history. And so it's like, 
if you're living in the U.S., there's no reason why you can't prosper, I feel personally. And yeah. so there's some people adopting a mindset of, you know, everyone's evil and their system's out to get me. And there's other people adopting a mindset of, you know, hey, there's all this opportunity in front of me. It's time to hit the gas. Yeah. If anger or resentment fuels you to do something positive, then yet have a villain and, you know, be fired up and angry and change things. That's mm-hmm. that's great. But the result shouldn't be, ne- it shouldn't be the negative causing a negative. Yeah. It should be causing a positive. It should be positive over over negative. In terms of the age thing, yeah. Malcolm McLaren has, you know, written about late bloomers and yeah. people being, people, you know, we all kind of, you know, we move at our own speed. Some of us are fired up, but we go off into, you know, play and yeah. and imagination and we and we want to lose ourselves. Others of us either are, given tremendous responsibilities at a young age that we didn't even ask for necessarily. And then we have to take that, deal that hand, you know, play that hand. And so a lot of things can happen. And I think, you know, the best thing that any generation can do is open their mind and not assume that they know everything. Because we all have been there, you know, 20-year-olds have, have have always said, you know, oh, I, I, it's my 20s. If I don't do it in my, if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? And, you know, there's a truth to that. And there's also a truth to if you do enough things right now in your 30s and 40s, you'll be able to do things you never dreamed of, you know? Yeah. So where the extremism doesn't help you at all. Yeah. You know, What's assuming you know everything is shows that you don't. <laughs> yeah, there's, and here's a little aside, a point of the story that I didn't mention. So the enlightened part in my mission statement that I mentioned earlier comes from back in 12th grade. My English teacher would go on random philosophical tangents. And one day he was teaching us about Plato's allegory of the cave. And my mission statement that stems from a Plato quote where it's the duty of the enlightened is to enlighten the unenlightened. And his teacher, Socrates, when the Oracle of Delphi, you know, said to the, the man who asked, who's the wisest man in the city? They said, Socrates. And when he found out, he said, how can I be the wisest man? I don't know. I know nothing. Right. Yeah. And it's like, the more you know, the more you realize how much you don't know. And like, for me, I know I'm still young. There's a lot of things I'm still very naive to. But one thing I won't do is fuck around and act like I got it all put together. <laughs> I don't. Right. Right. And I don't think anybody should. If you get to a point where you've learned, if you've learned something in a way, and you feel like, oh, I cracked that. I know that. It's like, you know, yeah, uh, share the wisdom, but you know, keep it to your keep it to yourself that you think you figured it out. Because just when you think you got it, you know, that's when you probably lost it. And and you know, and and don't don't look for trouble. Just keep going forward. I'll let you have the last word, though. There is there anything you want to share with you know our audience? Is to the best of our knowledge. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of CEOs, a lot of very independent-minded people that are looking to see how people run their brands and get ideas from our conversations about what they can do better. So I think a lot of them are open-minded. Mm-hmm. But age-wise, I have a feeling they're a little older with some, like I have sons who are 30 and 28, and they're the type of guys that will listen to this. My son actually, yeah. it's funny, he when he was young, he got his real estate license and then also worked in jewelry. Really? And was always having a couple of jobs and worried that he was, you know, splitting himself up too much, but he was ambitious and now he's a jeweler. Really? Um, 
and now he his own jewelry company in New York, but he but he's going to law school. So it's like, you know, some people feel this thing and they feel they they think it out. This is what I want. This is what I want. You know, but it was just interesting for you to mention yeah. working in jewelry and seeing the joy in people's faces because that that's what made him make that switch. He was like, yeah. I like real estate, but I really like creating things that people then, you know, have a connection to the rest of their lives, you know, for sentimental reasons. So anyway, but give our, speak to our audience and take us out with any idea you want to share. Yeah. So, I mean, and I ended with this just because we were on a topic of, you know, talk, j- trying to juggle a bunch of different ideas and, you know, opportunity will call when you're a go-getter and you're trying to get after it. And the issue is not picking up the phone is picking up which phone, right? But know that, and Russell Brunson talks about being a good steward of ideas. When God blesses you with an idea, it's not about finding success or not. It's about do you act on an idea while it's still there? And a lot of the time we're put, you know, ideas are put into our minds and then we don't act on it. And then we get upset because maybe a year later, maybe a week later, you see that same business idea that you've probably been sleeping on for a year. Someone else starts the business and find massive success. So it's not about starting. So for me, I got into real estate when opportunity called to start a podcast. I did that. You know, when opportunity called to do some social media stuff, I did that. I'm, I'm saying yes to the calling. And it's not about me finding success. Not with real estate, I didn't find success. The social media stuff, I didn't find much success. I helped a lot of people but in terms of monetarily, didn't find much success. But it's like I acted on the ideas, right? And now that I acted on ideas, more ideas will continue to come because I'm becoming a great, you know, steward of my ideas. So, you know, if you have a calling, if you have something pulling you, tugging at you, go where, go with it, see where it takes you and then be okay with pivoting if need be. If you liked the show, yes, and it worked for you, yes, and subscribe and leave a yes, five-star review, yes, tell all your friends, yes, friend. get your branding here, yes, get your branding here, yes, did I make it clear, yes, get your branding on, yes, before they're gone, yeah. huh?